1995, I wrote cameras on this fucking movie, and uh, and in 2019, I get emails from people around the world saying, I fucking loved it. Have you ever heard of a film called Don's Plum? Well, neither had I until I met a man named Dale Whitley. Dale made a film starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire that is banned in the U.S. and Canada. The other day, I had a couple of beers with him. I got a peek into his world of filmmaking, writing, and producing. We talked for about two hours, but because of the technical difficulties of a low-budget operation called Limited Perspective, <laughs> I lost an hour. Shit. So when you hear this sound, we've started up again after losing a big chunk. This happens twice during this episode, but not in the next one because I'm upgrading. <laughs> Luckily, I got plenty of video to help fill in the gaps, and I'll make this available to my Patreon members, so join up on my Patreon if you haven't already. Had a great time talking with Dale. Check it out. Dale, so- welcome. Salute. <laughs> Salute. To your help. To your help. <laughs> I have a hard time believing you're 55. Oh, you, look younger, you look younger than I do. <laughs> you are not younger than me. <clears throat> thank you. Yeah, my um, I have a gene... Oh, so I, I eat my vegetables, but my father's hair was black and didn't go gray until, uh, you know, into his, maybe later in his 60s, he started getting some gray. So kinda, 60s? Yeah. Your beard. Look at your beard. I, I know. I, 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 uh, I'm, and he's bald, though, so I was expecting to be bald by 24. I know it's on the mother's side, but that was my... It is on the mother's side, huh? Apparently, baldness comes from your mother's side. But <clears throat> So how do you measure that? Like, to the, to the father? To the, her father? Her father, and he kind of was balding too. I, I lucked out on on the hair thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I um, yeah. I, I so it works out for me sometimes, and other times I don't get any respect. So <laughs> I kick it. <laughs> um, where are you, where did you grow up, Dale? Uh, I grew up in Winnipeg, Canada. Really? Yeah, it's not a place I recommend. Uh, that sounds yeah. But uh, you know, it's beloved to me. What was what, how large is that town, Winnipeg? Okay, it's uh, it's 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 large. It's like seven hundred, eight hundred thousand, I guess. So it's a big city, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's in the sort of dead center of Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most of us uh, from there hate it, uh, and and have sort of. Do you hate it? It's love hate though. Huh? Well, it's miserable cold. Like yeah, my, okay. it's That's minus forty. The mosquitoes are the size of hummingbirds. Oh, so because any mosquito that could uh, survive that environment has to be a huge. They gotta like get into the moose's pelt. Oh, amazing! So amazing. giant mosquitoes. Uh-huh. Summers are like brutal. Oh. And winters are brutal. So summer and too. Summer too hot. And winter too cold. Yeah. It's 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 fierce. It's absolutely fierce. Like we're talking minus forty, minus fifty. Amazing. Yeah, and minus Amazing. twenty on average. Amazing. Twenty twenty feet of snow. It's a tough place to come from. Mm-hmm. Um, and and but but uh, but I think a lot of creativity comes out of it because we spend a lot of time indoors. You have to have indoor. We activities. just we're indoors, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so we're reading and watching films and listening to music. And then those of us who are inclined or so inclined start to. You know, play and draw and write, mm-hmm, and, um, mm-hmm. and we kind of find our ways there because, you know, it's either, it's that or madness uh, yeah. in four walls. You know, four walls of madness. So that that does lead me to my next question. You must have started writing on some of these winter winter days. How did you get? How did you get into the arts? Or you know, well, ra- writing writing. Um, uh, there was there were two two memories of writing for me that 
uh, got me writing uh, to begin with. And the first one was that um, my brother, who is actually currently, you know, one of the best illustrators on the planet Earth. Oh, really? He just illustrated George Martin's newest book, the, uh, new, the new Game of Thrones book. Oh, really? So he just oh, illustrated that. that he's a big, cool. he's a big deal. He's a beautiful oh, yeah. artist. Yeah, he's incredible. Um, so he uh, he began drawing very young, mm-hmm. and he was a, a dominant older brother mm-hmm. and so uh, he needed somebody to write for him and so like, ah. I literally started writing comics for him to illustrate while we were kids it didn't oh. last long but that was the, the sort of the first memory I have of actually writing as a task mm-hmm. but then you know in school man I, I wrote a short story in school and, mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I, I, it was called The Lord of Heaven versus The King of Hell and I, I read it in like grade 8 or not grade 8 uh, it was grade uh, 3 or grade 4 or something uh huh uh huh and uh, I think I was like eight or ten years old, whatever grade that is. Uh-huh. And I wrote this this story that I loved about, you know, nice sunny day that gets interrupted by a fight between God and the devil uh, in a small town on a lonely road. Wow, wow, wow. So you, so yeah, I like that concept. I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I, uh, I couldn't uh, uh, voice those type of concepts when I was that age. I don't think. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, I don't know where it came from at all. It wasn't, it's not a big stretch, but uh, it was fun. And I found love with the way I could make the world change with, you know, as the words came, you know? So, like, because in that story, you know, the day starts off sunny and beautiful with Mm -hmm. a forecast that's Mm -hmm. sunny and beautiful, but soon clouds over uh, as, you know, sort of this weather builds in anticipation of this showdown between these two celestial heavyweights you know yeah yeah, yeah. so you know you're painting that world in your words and uh, that was i had never experienced that as somebody who had written before that moment and that's why it became so memorable for me was because i had this moment where i was like holy shit i just made it cloudy you, yeah you did right with my words you set it up it was yeah. not cloudy and now it is yeah cloudy. yeah yeah, yeah. change the world <laughs> totally control that world <laughs> it was yeah, great. yeah that is yeah i think that i i like Maybe I started doing a little writing much later in life, uh, and one of the, my big drop well, one of the drawbacks besides bad spelling and grammar and low self-esteem was uh, <laughs> just that I was like I was uh, too critical. I, you know, I didn't. When I finally started writing, it clicked in my head. Oh, you just say it is, and it is so. Whatever, just write it as fact. It's you know. You know, the, 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 the being too critical thing mm-hmm. is probably the biggest problem for anybody who wants to write. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with a lot of writers in town. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is the biggest obstacle. A lot of it, because I work with people um, and I develop their screenplays and their ideas and them as writers, mm-hmm. I develop them. And um, the biggest obstacle I have to overcome is getting their trust enough to give me their crap. You know, they're shit drafts. Exactly, exactly. I can identify with that. That's that's feeling. the thing, yeah. you know what I mean? So getting their trust to be like and I, I don't always get it and it's frustrating because uh, it's hard to help people who are trying to help themselves uh, But they don't want to reveal Yeah, and, and, and they're yeah. trying to help themselves in that space where they need or or where they might be best served with the help and nudges yeah. of somebody who uh can actually achieve mm-hmm. an, ob- an, ob- an objective perspective of your writing. Like mm-hmm. when I work with a writer, I don't care about their 
screenplay right. where there's a story or I have no creative egotistical vestment you know what I mean yeah, yeah. I am interested in them and right. them and them you know sort of achieving the best possible version of themselves in, in whatever we're, mm-hmm. we're doing yeah, yeah does that make sense yeah and that's hard to find because what happens is when people normally work together and collaborate people start kind of like jockeying for ownership or credit yeah. or yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? This is like a, a plague, at least in, in in the Hollywood development scene. Well, I can totally identify with that, and I I assume that the the, the pros actually don't have to deal with that as much. But I I could be wrong. Well, no, they deal with it. Yeah. In, in, it's 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 an infestation throughout Hollywood. I mean, the reason, <laughs> I, I mean, it really is. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it, it infests the entire culture, mm. uh, and 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 there is also where you'll find writers in that same sort of bad spot where they're not going to put anything out that's mm-hmm. questionable because it could cost them job or reputation. Right, right. But the only way to advance is to just take risk after risk, you know, and well, if you, you, make if, yourself a little bit vulnerable. If your script right. is, yeah, of course, if your script is shit, then it yeah. needs, and, and it likely is. <laughs> yeah, you need to be told and corrected. You need, yeah. Well, no, you just need to be, you need to work. Like, it's, yeah. I mean, scripts, uh, sc- screenwriting is a, it's a craft, mm-hmm. you know. It's certainly an art form, but it's really a craft more than yeah. anything. You know, it's, it's about understanding and learning and adhering to this format Mm-hmm. Uh, that and the other thing is like screenwriting is screenwriting. It's writing for the screen. So mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of writers I, I work with, as opposed to say you know like authors, for example, a lot of writers I work with they are uh, they're trying to you know they're trying to be Hemingway or they're trying to be Stephen King or they're trying yeah. to be and, and they need to be writing a screenplay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. For the purposes of making a movie. Right, right, right. All the things that you would describe with your beautiful words have to be seen in pictures and the only real exactly. words you, you just yeah yeah and you can't you can't weigh your story down with what people are thinking mm-hmm. or you know internal struggle or subtext you know oh, you can't oh. you can't you you can't you know exp- expose your subtext you know like the way you might in a novel like a guy's riding a horse but you can't go on about what's in his mind not unless or there's a way that's, unless, that's it's being articulated. Yeah, like yeah. if it's happening visually mm-hmm. in a flashback mm-hmm. or some kind of series of images. Mm-hmm. Or, but you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to you know, or 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 audio. It could be also audio, of course. Mm-hmm. A mind can roll and roam. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun, but it's a conundrum that that these are like sort of the obstacles that I try to break down for writers when, yeah, I, when, I, when I, I do work you. with them, get them over these air, these 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 sort of areas that are are that impede their ability to mm-hmm. develop because everything must be developed, yeah. pretty much. It, yeah, it should. And I've got the fact that I got to the point where I could write something and feel like it. I've written two almost well, this like this is from very very amateur perspective, two almost screenplays, but. I don't, they're not complete thoughts, and there's a lot of lines that need to be drawn to make, Connected. It, a, to make it a full, woven, a tradition. Yeah, it needs to be, yeah, like the stories need to, 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 to be finalized, to be a readable movie. There's, there are missing bits, you know. Sure. And, it, and it's that same thing. It's like, who would I, uh, who would I share it with? You know, you know. Ideally, I would like to have 
written it and it be perfect. <laughs> of course. And that is like not going to happen. Clearly not going to happen. But uh, 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 then you have to um, you have to like uh, risk. Yeah, but you share it with someone, you risk uh, changing your favorite parts. Or you, or you don't know what you risk because I don't because I never I never share anything. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but um, it's a very safe place to live. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's safe. Yeah, exactly. It's disappointing. It's, it's, yeah, it's like I could these could go nowhere if I am never bold enough to say you know, can I cooperate with you? Will you help me do this? You know what I mean? I think we just know as humans that when we stick our necks out, they, you know. They could get chopped. There's a risk. Yeah, there's a risk. Yeah, exactly. You could get hurt. And, and when you stick your neck out, uh, and you and you stick your neck out when you say read this, mm-hmm. you stick your neck out when you uh, when you when you accept mm-hmm. uh, criticism or notes mm-hmm. or anything of, of that. Yeah, you know, yeah, if you're, yeah. And that's the other thing, right? A lot of people hand in stuff to other people with an expectation of praise, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's like so so uh, I've I've developed this sort of rather proprietary sort of system of mm-hmm. of developing writers, and in it, I don't mm-hmm. allow. I don't allow other people to read the script while it's in development. Just me and the writer only. Uh-huh, uh-huh. To prevent all of that. Yeah, you know, a safe this, place to work well, it out, Or to right? even have a crutch for a writer to turn to and say, hey, man, read this so they can get self-assured. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, for me, I believe that there's two approaches to development and uh, that are sort of uh, two fundamental approaches to development. One where you're, where you're you know, where you just, where you... Uh, you just throw everything at the writer. And then the other mm-hmm. is where you sort of massage uh, the notes and the comments into more of a developmental dialogue that can last a long, longer period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the reason I like the latter is because it gives the, the, the writer usually room to grow and express and learn and discover mm-hmm. as opposed to the other where they're confronted with notes, if that makes sense. So if I confront with a note, this can't happen because of that, yeah. as opposed to, for example... Why did this happen? Yeah. And then we explore that, and maybe that's all we do for that note. Mm-hmm. And then I say, okay, great. After that note, we've explored why this happened. What mm-hmm. if you tweaked it? And then you come back and you tweak it, and now it's happened in a certain way. And I remember that you said... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I remembered that you said that there was a why, right? I remembered mm-hmm. the why. Mm-hmm. And now I have that as a part of your developmental profile. Yeah. Does all that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then, you, then it gets developed and no one's going, uh, yeah, no one's going. It's not like, here's some notes, change this, and th- this, this, and this, or fix these. And then abandoning things. the writer with, yeah. with, with what is ultimately probably going to be some kind of... G- ego grappling mm-hmm. with the note and their intention as a writer and how they're not getting it and yeah, you know yeah, I've heard yeah. all of, all of the tropes that come from writers they don't understand me they don't yeah, get yeah. it oh, oh, they say have a voice what does that even mean have a voice it's a paper you know I've, I've heard all of it over and over and over and over again um, and you know and, 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 and it prevents that you know or at yeah. least it manages it to a certain extent so it's the idea of creating a, a, a safe and comfortable environment it's interesting because I've ex- experimented with it you know in so many different ways uh, where I've been like, where, you know, in fact, there's a writer right now in Athens that's, you know, I think they're having a very difficult time because I, I went, usually I do this whole massaging, mm-hmm. careful, quiet, learn the writer. This writer I'm working with seemed experienced and seemed, so I thought I'm going to go for it. Mm-hmm. And my writing sessions are very long. So this guy got 30 hour, 30 plus hours of notes, just notes. Oh. So I spent... 30 to 50 hours prepping the notes 
Uh-huh. And then I spent another 30 delivering them in long tape-recorded sessions. Wow. So that's not massaging. Uh-huh. And he hasn't written a word in four months. Oh. So it's an interesting thing what happened because yeah. I was like, I thought, I thought this guy was prepared and could do it. Yeah. And maybe I could accelerate the process because oh. the process can take a year to two. I see. If you do it properly, like Matt Chastain and Small Group, right? Mm-hmm. So with that, with, with that writer, with, mm-hmm. with, I, I worked with him for like better part of a year and a half. Uh-huh massaging him and and then and, and his screenplay and working with him and being careful yeah yeah uh to not uh sort of scare him away from his own self yeah yeah uh, and also to not sort of intervene or interject in his process and his truth and all yeah, that stuff yeah that's a balance cuz you can't take over the project but but, but you can't. But you're steering. But you're, but you're, yeah, yeah, but you're the one who has the wheel. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a very, yeah. very. It's yeah. a very. You got to be. You've got to be a very. You, that is the the importance of the objectivity of it all. Mm-hmm. I, I you know like small group. I I, I, I love the movie and, yeah, and I'm, I'm proud of it. Yeah, yeah. But that that's that was that was Matt's movie for me. Right, and right. It was right. my job to make the best version of him I could. Yeah, yeah. As a producer, right? Yeah, yeah. I needed yeah. to produce the best version of Matt. Yeah, that was yeah. producible, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and it was up to him, Matt, to rise to that to to, to that call. Okay, and and so that's sort of the. Well, from what I hear, you may have uh, pulled it off. Cause I I didn't. I only saw the trailer. Well, yeah, I should give you the link. Yeah, send me the link. I want to take a look. The, the trailer was very compelling. It was very, uh, you know, there was a lot of there was like humor and emotion just just in the trailer. You know, yeah. I, 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 so I want to. I want to end up checking that out. Um, yeah, we, we were in theaters for a minute. Yeah, that was a quick minute though. So well, it's th- yeah, three it's, weeks here. I think we got three weeks long. We were here for three weeks. Yeah, that's pretty significant. I mean, we were here. We were here we, in Atlanta, and here we were on twenty-seven screens. I think. Yeah. So. And that was was that all shot in Athens and Atlanta? Yeah. Or so Athens and all Athens except uh, we did a week in Guatemala. Really? Yeah. What? Uh, how did? What's the Guatemala connection? Uh, the, small the, the small group goes on a mission trip to Guatemala. Ah. It was. It was an interesting. So here's the challenge mm-hmm. that we were faced with as filmmakers, right? So we did. We did. We did an amazing thing, right? We mm-hmm. put the script together and we raised a million bucks in four months. Yeah. That is amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> it's utterly fantastic. <laughs> so we we raised a million dollars from these incredible. Uh, people who rallied behind the story and, mm-hmm. and, and that, that's the important thing is it was about it was about the story it was what uh, that's what they loved mm-hmm. you know, they believed so much in the story they believed mm-hmm. in Matt certainly mm-hmm. uh, but it was really the story that they loved and um, so raise a million bucks and we we're left with this incredible conundrum and that is that either we get a star name and we don't have the money to go to Guatemala or we sacrifice getting a star name and we cast for talent only mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we're able to go to, to Guatemala. And the reason is because SAG, you know, to get a star, you have to go SAG. To get a what? To go to get a star. star. Oh, you have to go through it's the guild. The, the Screen Actors, Actors guild. guild. Okay. So okay. you go to SAG. Mm-hmm. So we go to SAG. And then uh, uh, if you leave the country on a SAG deal, you have to pay full boat SAG. Which like added a half a million dollars to payroll or some stupid so, number. Wait, so you leave, if you leave the country with the star or you leave yeah. the country, oh with anybody that's, with anybody with the production. If oh, the production okay. goes over out of this country, uh-huh. I think Canada is the only exception. Uh-huh. But if it goes out of the country other than Canada, they they won't take our, you know, we we have to we have to pay full SAG uh, uh, fees and benefits, oh, okay. which like was like 
triple what we paid. Okay. We were we, we paid very well. Mm-hmm. We had a million dollar budget. It was a good yeah. it was a paying good, good, good paying gig. Uh-huh. But we could not afford like the bells and whistles of SAG at the top like Hollywood ah, tier, see, yeah. which is what they were going to charge us. Mm. So we had to sacrifice. We had to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was, it was an easy decision because you can't sacrifice the production, not mm-hmm. just the production value, but the truth of yeah. Guatemala because yeah. it's a profound yeah. little moment in the movie, as you'll see. Okay. It's, it's, it's wonderful, and, 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 it's, and it's important. Mm-hmm. And it was like, we're going to shoot that in Texas? Or we're, what do you, no. Yeah, don't fake it. That's, you yeah, don't, that's, fake, yeah, you yeah. don't fake Guatemala. No, that's beautiful. I like that you did that. And So we didn't do a star, and instead... Guatemala and that actor, mm-hmm. uh, who we is not our is is the star of our movie, but not a, a name in mm-hmm. the business. He just got nominated for best actor, ah, amazing uh, for the Christian Film Festival, oh, one beautiful. of the biggest one of the biggest Christian film festivals. Beautiful, it's good for him, you know. It's, it's, good, a, it's, yeah. a, it's a it's a it's a great thing, but and I think it's deser- deserving. He he mm. did a wonderful job. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing that uh, that I notice, and I I sometimes don't feel I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not as film literate as a lot of people though I want to get into film, but uh, one thing I notice about movies is that the ones that I end up liking, they, do, they um, and I don't know how many have been made that I never liked, but the, uh, what you just described is they, they don't have a recognizable star, and that, that way you don't have uh, unrealistic expectations of any of them. Yeah. And then the, you, if you just make a good movie, that you 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 kind of create stars. Yeah. With, you know, because there's a lot of talented people out there that are not actually stars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wish more people had that had that mentality, so that you know, sort of, because I, I see the independent film scene mm-hmm. in America dying, mm-hmm. and I see it dying miserably. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful art form. It was a, an art form once again that Americans mm-hmm. pioneered. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and 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 yet. You know they're sort of suffocating it for binge watching um, series, yeah. so you know the the filmmakers have a you know they, they they've they've abandoned the the art form because uh-huh. it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a horrible struggle. You know, independent film can be a horrible struggle. Sure, sure, sure. A very difficult life. It's 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 a it's a cold long winter. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> whereas uh, you know a twenty a twelve episodes a year on Netflix uh-huh. is butter you know yeah so but it's a creative tax and 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 you only have so much of it so so the american sort of indie indie film scene is i think it's in jeopardy you know i think it's been in jeopardy for a while now Mm. um and 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 one of the bigger problems is that people don't go and see the movies man they don't they don't go see them no you know in the 90s when we had that renaissance Mm -hmm. uh the weinstein renaissance Mm -hmm. uh when we had that um incredible run of filmmakers and experimental film and where we went and saw these movies like Pie and Clerks and all these other movies that didn't Mm -hmm. have anybody Mm -hmm. in them. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But we we, we went and saw them out of the Mm -hmm. curiosity Mm -hmm. of the potential of a so-called new young voice in film, etc. You don't really get that now. Now It's It's like there's, well, I don't know enough about it, but I expect there will be, you know, there'll there'll be a new new indie. There's always going to be some upstart something somehow right you know some kind of an example of your work yeah like maybe the indie scene is too part of the uh establishment now you know well it it is i guess i mean i think it's like 
I think it's YouTube and these other short mm-hmm. forms. But that's my point. That's my point. My whole point is that the the, the you know when uh, I I taught at UGA for like a minute, right? Okay. I did I taught for two semesters. And, okay. And my my focus was on IP development and indie film in America, American okay. American indie film. Okay. Directing. And uh, you know I bagged my students. I was like, don't. You know, get your start making movies. Mm-hmm. Then go to the series. Go to all these great series directors and stuff. These guys, these guys started in they, film. Yeah, all of them. Like yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, good majority of them started in indie film. They're good because they struggled. And with. no one's going to give you thirty million dollars to make your series. But you can you can go out and crank out a hundred thousand dollar, fifty thousand dollar, four thousand dollar movie. Yeah, yeah, right in your backyard. Yeah, and yeah, grind yeah. it out. And there's a format for it. Mm-hmm. But no one's gonna watch your like, you know, like other other than YouTube videos, uh-huh. right? But as far as 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 far as the form of independent, you know, uh-huh. indie feature filmmaking, mm-hmm. you know, it's still a beautiful form of art of art that can discover young talent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but like I say, it's kind of been. Yeah. Do you want to uh, talk about Don's Plum? Well, I'll talk about anything you want to talk about. Okay. Yeah. I I did I did finally see it. I saw a. I guess it was a blurry screen grab version of it on YouTube. Oh yeah. So I. Um, you should have hit me up. I have a DVD quality. I learned that after I, I, I after I was reading on your after, site. Yeah, yeah you I was like, oh, jump down the rabbit hole. Yeah. You're like, oh, oh shit. He's got a link of it. Yeah, I was like, this crap. looked good. It was a little more clear. But um, yeah, I liked it. It. I love that uh, surreal sort of Tom Waitsy smoky bar yeah. scene at the beginning. Uh-huh. And uh, Tom Waitsy thing. It's a funny thing because we were, yeah. What he, he's so time waitsy. Wait, it's it's yeah. It's like um yeah. He's almost like feels like he's imitating you know. But I don't. I mean, I was when I first discovered Tom Waits. I played him for my mom. Incidentally, I was aware of of uh, Louis Armstrong because my father had those records. But my mom was like, "It sounds like Louis Armstrong." I was like, yeah, I, "I know he sounds like." You know, I sometimes he still he's sometimes still, he just like, sounds like a dog getting killed. You yeah, know? he said, "Oh well, yeah." Like the the Tom Waits, let's see, sort of after um, after Swordfish Trombone or after Rain Dogs or something. He, uh, which I am not him, and he is, you know, but I prefer his folkier stuff and his melodic. Gravelly, good singing poetry. When he's, when he's when he's crying his heart out. Yeah, when he's doing those, like, when he's crooning. I like the, you know, I that's what I like, and I like when he's doing that magical sort of. It's a it's a it's a very peculiar and effective form of of crooning, but the other stuff is art and banging on pots and pans and, and doing, which is yeah. Which I'm sure he was sick of tickling the piano and crooning. He's, you know, it's, it's, he's, well, yeah, he, he, he's he, the artist. He, he, I will not... he wove them together, you yeah, know, he yeah. brought them together. And uh, and I didn't discover, oh, there's one song. Uh, With Mule Variations, it's got yeah. both. It's got them both. Yeah, I might. I have to listen again, because I just, oh, that, that album, I go back to my old favorites, because I. That record mm-hmm. is a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. Like, for real. Okay. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a masterpiece. And it won record of the year. Oh, in in a, in a time when hip hop and 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 you know all the sort of mm-hmm. you know I don't know what I'll, is it yeah so yeah well because because really I mean he R and B right it was like the R, yeah. in an R and B and hip hop dominated mm-hmm. world Tom 
freaking weights mm-hmm. snuck in with Mule Variations mm-hmm. and one record of the year, yeah. and it was really deserved. Yeah. But there's a couple of pot clanging songs on that record. Yeah, which. But you know that's the thing is like. But if you listen closely to that record, you will weep your eyes out. Okay, but I will. I'll, I will go back and listen to it. Yeah. I just I rediscovered a song. It was the green green grass. It was something like that. Green green grass or something, and I only rediscovered it because one of my interns came to open mic and sang a very beautiful melodic version of it uh, I see really and I was like what? Rabbit hole. what what is that song you know and it was a Tom Waits song you're like what like, oh my god and then I went and found the rec- his recording I was like oh yeah I guess that is a, that is the melody that he's singing you know it's like she made she, it beautiful her, her uh, yeah. <laughs> arrangement was amazing you turned off yeah let's crank it crank come on man. I won't get rolling again um but yeah Toledo Diamond was cool man and um he also had like that that show was cool like it was hot as hell dude you saw like, you saw him live at yeah so we so oh yeah in the, the, the are you talking about the yeah Toledo the Diamond the movie he's yeah. He, Tole- oh yeah okay so the artist's name is Toledo Diamond Toledo he Diamond. still performs I'm to this day yeah 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 um and uh you know he's a father maybe even a grandfather at this point uh-huh. um but um uh he put on this crazy show and it was so hot, dude. Like it was hot, hot. Like you'd go there like with a chick and you'd be like, "Damn!" I mean, oh. it is crazy. Um, just it was just th- these dancers were f- so so hot and <laughs> his arrangements and music and his jazzy, you know, yeah. it was as dope as fuck. Uh, but we found him uh-huh. after we had shot our first half, like more than first half of the movie. Uh, oh, Leo DiCaprio mm-hmm. was like, "Yo, come hang out with at the at the Union. I want, mm-hmm. I want you guys to see this guy." And so we went to this club called the Union on Sunset Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Rolled in there, sat down. This guy comes out. My mind was the fuck blown. It mm-hmm. wasn't it wasn't Leo's idea to put him in the movie by mm-hmm. any means. He was uh-huh. just like, "Hey guys, Shit, you got to check this guy out. He's a lot of fun." Mm-hmm. So we saw the show. It was a crazy good time. Um, and I was writing. Uh, sort of, I was rewriting the opening to the movie because we had blown that in our first shoot. Uh, oh, we had no okay. usable footage, okay. so so I, re- I was rewriting it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and after rewriting it, uh, well, while I was rewriting it, Leo had us come come to the to the Union uh, Club, okay. and yeah. I was like, "Shit, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna write this into the movie." So yeah. I, I I like two days later, drove down to the Union. He was rehearsing. Mm-hmm. I walked in. I was like, "I want to talk to you about maybe." doing this movie uh-huh. and he was in cool did you so where did you, did you record at the bar or did you would you create the set for that for, uh, it looks like it might have been actually at a bar or a coffee shop no 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 we shot it on location so that was the union club okay. that Leo took us to that was the actual uh, okay. club yeah okay. it was on location where uh, where um, um, character played by Toby Maguire yeah, finds his chick. Yeah, his chick yeah. for the night. Yeah, his, um, what, what? Okay, Me- the original opening. Meadow Sisto. Meadow Sisto was in that, yeah, and Marissa Rubisi, who is Giovanni Rubisi's sister, and, oh. and also and also wife to Beck, artist. Right. Okay. I did some. I did a little research, but I can't remember uh, what I did, and I didn't write it all down. And Marissa but, uh, Ryan. She was um, over. The, 
But yes, that was Toby's spot. So okay. it was, you know, wrote Toby's uh, Toby's opening okay. scene where he lands his girl for the for the meetup. So what? Uh, how much of that was uh, written, and how much was uh, ad libbed? And well, the dialogue was all ad libbed, uh, so oh, okay. it was 100%, uh, the dialogue was 100% improvised. Uh-huh. Um, the storylines, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. but we'll call them, you know, the character lines, uh, uh-huh. their, their lifeline, we'll call it in the story, uh-huh. yeah? Uh-huh. Those were all written um, and developed through rehearsal. So most of what you'd seen was developed through writing and rehearsals. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie, in terms of so, uh, Don's Plum is a very special movie in, okay. in, in many, many ways. Um, yeah. And it's kind of an important one. And there's a few reasons for that. Um, the first is that um, at the time when we made Don's Plum, there was no American filmmaker really experimenting in the improvisational side of the world. Yeah. They did partial improvs, like mm-hmm. everybody did, where you just, you know, oh, we just let De Niro go and look what he did. Yeah, yeah. But they all worked from screenplays. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then allowed improv- improvisation. Right, 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 right. And we wanted to flip yeah. that around, mm-hmm. and we wanted to work from improvisation with occasional writing slipped mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. meaning dialogue, specific mm-hmm. to dialogue. Um, so it's a special movie for that reason. Uh, this this was not going on at the time, and it was something. And and we weren't, and we didn't do it as a matter of of, of differentiating ourselves or being experimental mm-hmm. per se. It was in fact inspired by a filmmaker called Mike Lee, uh-huh. who. Earlier uh, in that decade, uh, had won the Palme d'Or with a film called Naked, which was 100% oh, improvised. Sorry, really? the yeah. Naked, Naked was improvised. Every movie Mike Lee has ever made. Wait, was that was the, the in Scotland, the Scottish? The, the, he's the English guy who goes around raping chicks and whatever else. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. screwing up real bad and getting beat up. Yeah, yeah, amazing movie. That was improvised. Yeah, improv- 100% improvised. And so, <laughs> well, done. Every was sing- well done. Every single well, movie. Staggering, every single movie that man's made uh, have, have, has been 100% improvised. It's his process. So nobody was doing it at the time. We decided right. that we were going to, or at least the opportunity presented itself where mm. we could. And it was something uh, that, for me, I had connected to really uh, um, profoundly as an actor because there was this. Uh, in fact, the girl, one of the girls in the Toledo Diamond scene, Marissa Ryan, mm-hmm. she was directing a movie called. A short movie called Sessions. She cast me in it. It was 100% improvised. I loved doing the movie. Mm-hmm. Pardon me. I loved doing the movie. Uh, it was great, great fun. Uh, but what I really loved was uh, what I was seeing happening uh, uh, in the producing uh, and, and directing. Yeah, and the, mm-hmm. the filmmaking of yeah, it. I was like, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. when I saw the movie, I saw, I knew all the mistakes that were made. Like instantly, I knew how to fix them. Uh-huh. So when the when the opportunity for Don's Plum came up, I was like, holy shit, man! I know how to do this because mm-hmm. of my experience with Sessions and my love of Mike Lee. Okay. So those okay. were sort of the sort of yeah, okay. th- that would be sort of the glue of the way it sort of came together. So that's that's one reason uh, that that Don's Plum is super special. Another reason is that it was it was made. Um, in six days, like in terms of sh- shooting, we shot the feature in <laughs> six days. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just a completely unheard of. Yeah, and 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 it's to me when it happened at the time, I, I felt like like something really wonderful happened. You know, mm. like I was like, holy crap! Like this, nobody does this. You know, yeah, yeah. and not where the film's compelling. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Don's Plum is. You can love it or you can hate it. Right, right. But you really can't deny it. Like, yeah. I mean, you can. People do. Uh, people shit on everything. Yeah. 
Um, but if you want to take that movie and hold it up to, uh, you know, some of the greats, mm-hmm. it'll stand there and, mm-hmm. hang, and, and hang out easily. It'll hang with yeah. clerks. It'll hang with mm-hmm. most of Cassavetti's. I won't say a woman uh, under the influence so. or yeah. anything like that, but I think it'll handle mm-hmm. much of Godard and all these guys. Uh, so it's, 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 and I also don't think it's a weird thing to say having done it, but I don't think it's like, I, I think it could be done again, like in that mm-hmm. way, like where mm-hmm. you have. Uh, uh, okay. Rolling again. I don't okay. know what the fuck I did. Rolling again on the camera. All right. So look, we lost, we lost, uh, we lost a lot of recording. We lost a lot of freaking. it was a really awesome conversation. Well, well, well let's, let's, let's like recap a little bit of it just because I think a lot of it is stuff. Yeah. I would love if it, if it's stuff that people can hear. Yeah. I don't know if people heard, what Don's plum was about? Yeah, the 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 the, the, the t- what was it about, Dale? Starting well, so the exciting thing about yeah. if we didn't get it, yeah, uh, in audio was I asked you a question, right? Mm-hmm. I asked you what was Don's plum about, yeah, and you immediately began to reflect, yeah, right, yeah, on your own youth, on my own youth, and, and how it was at in parts misspent, mm-hmm. uh, and how. Uh, and how you might have been interpreted. Right, right. Right? Yeah. Something and, and, to that. And wrestling with how, what growing up was and was and, and maybe um, what did I know or what did I not know or how confident was I really, which I didn't, that's not exactly what I said, but I think that is. No, I like that, that a lot because it's a, lot, you know, a, lot, yeah. a lot of it had to do with like your your, your experience with yeah. uh, uh, watching this film and, and, and retrospectively wondering how you came off yeah i mean it really does that right yeah yeah it makes you go how did i come off was i yeah 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 well and and because i think i'm all right Mm -hmm. right this this is stuff going on your head yeah yeah yeah. but i was subject to this Mm -hmm. it's funny when you look at comments about don's mom go read the comments on youtube right yeah yeah. on the youtube that's up Mm -hmm. the one that you saw probably probably yeah 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 there's like several hundred comments that you can have fun with because there's a lot of great conversation there are some haters Mm -hmm. by the way just pay attention to the likes and dislikes and you'll see the don's plums by far People love a, a, it. a liked movie. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's the ones that hate it that are more vocal. Mm-hmm. I think uh, potentially, but then again, go look because because mm. people say great things about the movie all the time. Uh, and uh, I forget where I was going there. Uh, oh, if you go and you read the comments though, mm-hmm. and you read people grappling with, mm-hmm. you know, their relationship with. So look, movie, the movie's purpose, the movie, our, our, our opportunity uh, that we saw before us was mm-hmm. this chance to hold up a mirror mm-hmm. and say, look, we are all, we were all once these loathsome, decrepit, fucking terrifying human beings to witness, <laughs> right? Crazy we were terrible to each other. We were terrible to yeah. ourselves. Mm-hmm. We smoked cigarettes mm-hmm. and drank coffee and we mm-hmm. ate fast food and we called each other cunts. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we yeah. meant it, all yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we grew up. And we inherited the earth, and we mm-hmm. did okay. <laughs> and hopefully, we did a little better, if not a lot better, than the generation yeah, before the us. Before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we did something, <laughs> and we were competent, and the world could be <laughs> held back, and the world could be ha- uh, handed over, uh, and we could, and we can handle it. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, as a Gen Xer in my twenties, I was like, "Fuck all you, mm-hmm. calling me the laziest generation and yeah, this yeah. and that." When you guys were the fucking pot smoking, you know, free lovers, you know, yeah. and or the yeah. socias and the fucking yeah. greasers or the whatever, yeah. there are all these, always, always it's these all, generations. It's, it, it, and that's now that we're on that, it's like generation before beats up on the young kids, and that's 
the stupidest thing because it's hypocritical. It's hypocritical because they were young once. They were not fucking perfect. You know, uh, World War II made people have to be great, but it also made a lot of people just end up dying. You know, it's like you have, you know, then then the next generation did better. Well, what's interesting about it is as you look were, as you look backwards, yeah. as you keep looking backwards, yeah. because everything's so progressive in yeah. life. We are progressive, yeah, 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 by nature. Mm-hmm. So when you look back and you start seeing how conservative we were, mm-hmm. but yet how pro- progressive that might have been, yeah. right? When you look at Lenny Bruce as a right. comedian, mm-hmm. a, a man who I've admired my entire speaking life, of band, who yeah, yeah right, speaking <laughs> of band, right? I've admired this guy long before Don's Plum, mm-hmm. uh, but but because of his bravery. Right, because of his courage, because mm-hmm. of his his his, and look, of course, he 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 went down the sort of rabbit hole with his defense, his actual legal defense of his First Amendment rights. Uh-huh. But just to think that this guy's talk in a club was so abhorrent mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To, to to the prevailing society right. that they fucking banned his yeah. shit yeah, and that they yeah. jailed his ass, right? Right. Yeah, for, and even then, but before, and or before that, for saying cocksucker <laughs> or dropping a racial term, yeah, yeah, you know that is otherwise prevalent in much mm-hmm. of our pop culture. So, uh, albeit you know controversial still, yeah. So, but as you go back and you see these conservative people doing shit like you know whatever yeah. like that, Elvis Pelvis, right? Like, yeah, yeah, right, like gyrating, right, like. <laughs> Now, like musicians, be getting blowjobs on stage, and nobody yeah. does shit yeah, about it. Act, yeah, it's just show. part of the act. It's just part of the show. You know, 1955, a guy mm-hmm. simply gyrates his Shaked, pelvis. Yeah. Point mm-hmm. is, is that at that point, that's what was repulsive. That's yeah. what was disgusting. And mm-hmm. so we always graduate down the world as yeah. we're progressively revealing ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's the most exciting thing about all of this for me. And Don's Plum was like, it's 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 this thing about revealing ourselves as we mm-hmm. go. Don't fucking lie. Yeah, you were a repugnant fool yeah. when you were a child too. Yeah. Oh, I was, I was impossible. That <laughs> I wouldn't have wanted to. Know. Like, I, I, you working at UGA, I work with a lot of interns, and one thing I cross the board is I have to acknowledge they're all smarter and more mature than I was at that age. And and some of them, obviously, they're smarter than I am now. But I was, uh, <laughs> I was like. If I had to... Your self-deprecation is charming. I'm just saying. Huh? Your self-deprecation is charming. Oh, thank you. You're one of the few people who can do it in a charming, man- in a charming <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah. But I kind of I like the way you hate on you. Yeah. I hate, I, hate, I hate on me. I hate... I, I love to hate me. I hate, but I... I get it. I get it. But, but I... But I, but I um, this is part of my uh, self-analysis uh, and awareness, but I sometimes wonder... Now, I know I, know I had good uh, qualities, whatever, but uh, that, that, that I would not have wanted to hang out with me and some of the interns that I feel like I get along with or they somehow look up to me if they knew me when I was their age they would have just avoided me you know no hard we feeling. are <laughs> we are you know in our youth at our worst mm-hmm. right we're the worst representation of ourselves we have no uh, because we don't we don't trust any barometer we don't yeah. believe in a barometer Right. There is no such thing as a barometer. We don't even know what fucking barometer means. Right. (laughs) Right? We don't don't have any balance (laughs) at all. We have this sort of notion and expectation of grabbing the bull by the horns or other cliches. Yeah, yeah. And we're not so worried about... And we're also... I I was very at least aware of... Oh, don't don't hold yourself back. Don't, Mm -hmm. you know... 
don't inhibit yourself. I'm uninhibited. Yeah, 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 what yeah. you're witnessing is my inhibition. Mm. And yeah. it's intimidating to you to know that the world actually can flow through me. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like these are the pretentious thoughts. Yeah, sure, you know, sure. As, as, a, as a 50-year-old man, I, I look back and I realize that mm. I was still doing the thing that I believed in, which was showing the world that we yeah. were we were as competent as ever. Mm. But it's not until now at 50 that I look back and go, holy fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a wreck. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. a wreck. But I knew we were a wreck at the time. I didn't yeah. know necessarily how bad it Well, mm. that's not even true. You know, when we fucking first started screening Don's Plum, mm-hmm. oh, I mean... I loved watching. I loved Larry. I craved <laughs> watching people come out of watching Don's Plum because ah. they walked in different. Yeah, they walked in like, oh, I'm going to go see this neat little yeah. independent film with Leonardo DiCaprio. He's my favorite. You right, know, right, and then right. they, they walk out and they're they're sick. You know, a little sick. yeah, they're a little sicker, a little. They're thick, but they're almost. They were almost ubiquitously mm-hmm. like aware of mm-hmm. you know the experience they just had. You know, yeah, because it's profound. I mean, it's a profound experience. It'll get you fucking yucky if yeah. you if you if you decide. To let it go. Mm. Forget about the controversy. Forget about the fact that you're supposed to hate the film because Leo says hate the movie. Yeah, yeah. Forget that you're supposed <laughs> to hate the film because the only reason why you would ever stop a film is because it sucks. Right, right. Get rid of all of those preconceptions <laughs> and bullshit. And yeah. Watch the movie. Yeah, yeah. Experience the movie and you'll have, a, you'll have an interesting experience. I did this podcast years ago. Uh-huh. Or not years ago. Maybe it was whatever. It wasn't too long ago. Yeah. But in it, I remember just saying, you know what? You know what sucks for me? As a filmmaker, I'm one of the few filmmakers who you don't watch you where where, where you watch my movie with all these preconceptions provided to you yeah. by dubious circumstances, sources, and rumor. None yeah. of which have to do with the actual movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the that's the weird part. You know, oh, don't go see the room; it's fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. Don't go see Don's Plum because Leo blocked it from America. Mm-hmm. That's what I. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> so why do you do that? It must be terrible. It must be terrible. Yeah. And you know he's got more of a of a, uh, an audience. And, yeah. But, the, I, but I like. But that. But that. Um. I just wanted to uh, repeat because I don't know if it got recorded over. I, I lived through the hardships of that film, and then but I got rewarded with that dreamy ending. Where, they're, where the kids are running out into the night. They, for some reason, burn a shirt. They're not fighting anymore. Hands in the air, falling around, goofing around. I love that stuff. I love that release. There are emotionally rough spots, but it, but the movie lets you down nice so you can leave in a reflective it does. frame of mind. We're going to be okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the whole point of the movie mm-hmm. is we're repugnant, we're repulsive, mm-hmm. and we're going to be okay. Yeah, That's all I that like mattered that. with yeah, Don's yeah, Plum yeah. was. The whole point of Don's Plum was you're going to have a hard time watching this. Mm-hmm. You're not going to like it a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel guilty for laughing mm-hmm. or even thinking that it's funny. Mm-hmm. And then in the end, you're going to go... I think they're going to be all right. Yeah, I think everything yeah. is going to be all right. And I think that's the film's best achievement. Mm-hmm. And it was our entire goal. Mm-hmm. We just wanted mm-hmm. to create a movie, make your skin crawl, mm-hmm. but let you off in the end. Yeah, but let yeah, you go yeah. live. Because mm-hmm. we wanted the, the movie to represent the struggles of becoming a mature, mm-hmm. responsible, yeah. contributing person. Yeah, yeah. And that there's this incredible gap mm-hmm. that we must... Uh, that we must navigate, and it's treacherous. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. the other part of it, like that. That, that I think mm-hmm. Don's Plump succeeds in showing is how treacherous it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, Leo's Leo's character is 
you know, episode, Derek's episode with his with his parents and grappling mm-hmm. with that. And then what I loved about what Leo did with that oh, is yeah. like, I wrote that very definitively. Mm-hmm. So I wrote that, that this kid is in a state over the fact that the suicide occurred. Oh, okay. Okay? Yeah. And that was, yeah. that was, that was gold to me. Mm-hmm. But Leo took that shit to a totally different level. Mm-hmm. And in the end, okay. when we were cutting it, I was like, motherfucker, I don't even believe you. Mm-hmm. Like, at the point, I was like, oh, you're playing. So he played it in such a way, whereas I was able to insert an option that I, as mm-hmm. the writer, didn't have. Mm-hmm. And that option I was, the, the option was, Oh shit! You're just telling some bullshit to get laid right now. Mm. You're making a play, emotional play. Or if it's not bullshit, you're leveraging it mm-hmm. for the purposes of trying to get in this uh-huh. this this chick's pants. Uh-huh. And that's when I was like, that's when I learned something about great acting. Mm-hmm. When, when 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 cutting Leo's performance there, I was like, yeah, you really are as good as. As yeah. they say, you know, yeah. like I've always pretty loved him actor, and admired though. him. Yeah. He's not just a pretty good actor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's he has an intuition, um, mm-hmm. you know, that 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 that'll have you believing in a greater power. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, I like that. As dick as he is, as, yeah. as much of a dick as he is, <laughs> his, his, his talent is undeniable. Okay. He made a mistake. He uh... big giant fucking mistake. Yeah. <laughs> um. The other thing you touched on oh, that I, I wouldn't mind re- oh, yeah, recapping yeah, yeah, yeah. is yeah. these people. Yeah. You have this incredible the, list in front of the you. The cast of uh, uh, Don's Plumber. You know, I just copied that off of the, the uh, oh, I'm sorry. But, but yeah, website. you yeah, have yeah. this incredible list of cast members. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, And it was like, you know, so when you when you look at their motivation for stopping Don's Plum, mm-hmm. which, which was to punish me and R.D. based on lies told by Tobey Maguire. Mm-hmm. That's my story, right? Yeah. Their story is Dale and R.D. were bad people. Okay. Either way, but that's not they that that's entire not list of people. <laughs> yeah, suffered. Were they all bad? Yeah, yeah. Were, were they, they all bad? Yeah, Did they all right. deserve that? Because all of them showed up for that work. Yeah, all, all of them showed the up with the with their heart and expectation and yeah. everything and everything yeah, that yeah, they yeah. could and everything that they could muster. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They threw everything. We made a fucking we made a fucking feature film in six days. Yeah, Larry. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. <sighs> we experimented with something. That's the thing we probably missed. We experimented in in a field that few people were doing. We went full improvisation. Mm-hmm. Nobody was doing it at the time. Yeah, we yeah. reversed it. Most people work from scripts where they improv a little bit. Improv. We, improv most of it and, and only scripted a little bit so we, we did all these things that were really dr- d- different and exciting and as in fact and you'll learn this when when the, the whole sort of epic story does come out if you're interested in it uh, that's why these guys signed off in the, mm-hmm. uh, signed on to the project in the first place why Leo and Toby signed on both of them will tell you in their own mm-hmm. words in their own words in depositions uh-huh. that they joined Don's Plum because they were excited about the experiment that we brought yeah. to the table yeah, yeah, and when yeah. the experiment succeeded yeah I read some of that fucking problem. Yeah, I mean, read and by the way so I, I, I just and you can cut this in anywhere I intimated earlier and I don't know if that it, if it's a part of the, the dead files but uh-huh. of, of this episode but I talked about how what I finally learned uh-huh. about why, oh, would yeah. Toby, why would Toby do this, right? Yeah. Like, so you can read my letter and open. Uh, yeah. uh, you can read my open uh, letter to Leo on freedomsplum.com. Plum. Okay. All it is is a Tumblr account. Uh, it's a place where I offer the opportunity for people to see the movie. And if they want to read a little bit about it, I wrote an open letter in 2014. I wrote the open letter in 2014 because in 2014, I had found a producer who had fallen in love with one of my projects. And he was a billion-dollar producer. Mm. And as soon as he learned out, uh, learned who I was and the movie that I had made, uh, he uh, he dropped me. Oh. And he dropped the project in oh, 2014. Crap. 
And oh, I'd been living Allie. all these years with this blacklist. And I'd fucking had enough at that point. Oh. And I became, quite frankly, to be really honest, I, I, I got into a depression that is extremely unhealthy and dangerous. Yeah. Uh, it's not just worth it. I mean, it was life-threatening. Yeah. And so I'm in a life-threatening state of depression, and I turned to my girlfriend at the time, and I was like, I got to do something mm-hmm. because this is taking my life. Yeah. And I said, I want to write this open letter, and she knew I was kind of opening up mm-hmm. Pandora's box. But I wrote the letter, uh, and I published it in 2014. But before that, you know, there was nothing. Nobody uh, talked about it. Don's Plum was fucking dead, and uh, they were good with it. It was trading in some fucking secret circles around the world, but otherwise mm-hmm. nobody gave a shit. I didn't know where I was going with all that fucking no, shit. No, no. Uh, you, you, you've lost uh, 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 potential uh, uh, work because of... Yeah, no, I lost, I lost a career. But, yeah, but yeah. aside from losing, um, you know... Uh, yeah, I lost a... Uh, obviously, I lost a career. I don't know where I was going, though, because that's not kind of where I was... Oh. Where I was headed. I'm sorry. I kind of... Hmm. I can't rewind my brain fast enough oh, to, that's okay. to recover. Yeah, because we did sort of... It all happened naturally earlier, and that was lost, so... You're welcome. That's why we call it limited perspective. <laughs> <laughs> limited perspective. Sometimes the record button doesn't work. Well, let me. Uh, since we're uh, there's other. Uh, I looked. What was? Uh, oh shit! I wonder if the small group stuff got. We got. I think we probably got a lot of small group in there. Yeah, I think you got all that because that was all small early stuff. Um, there was another movie. Oh, what was? Uh, April apocalypse. So in in so all of in 2010, mm. I reunited with Artie Rob mm. uh, at his company Station Three, uh-huh. and there were these young filmmakers uh, who had shot this thing called April Apocalypse, uh-huh. and it was a nonlinear zombie love story. Uh-huh. And uh, and um, you know the it was I really liked the filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Um, the cut had a lot of problems. And, um, you know, one of the things that I think I do really well is I can fix a lot of problems. I'm mm-hmm. kind of a problem solver, creative problem solver. Yeah, yeah. It comes with the development of figuring out why your character is broken and how do I fix it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why is your movie broken and how do I fix it? Right, right. If I have an answer for that, then ultimately your, your film should improve, mm-hmm. uh, if not become good. Mm-hmm. Uh, could even be great. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yes, recording again. You're recording now? Yeah. Okay, so we lost bits and pieces from each yeah, time this, we tried. This has, been, this has been chunky. I, I want to throw this one in. Yeah, go ahead. That yeah. probably got uh, destroyed in the uh, yeah. the lost... Uh, Talk then. If it's repeated, it's It's, it's Toby. It's his publicist. It's Toby's yeah. publicist. Who's going? Um, so uh, is the, uh, the sort of like, imagine if people could just watch Don's Plum with... Uh-huh. Fresh eyes, like without preconceived notions. Without or preconceived rumor, notions, yeah. yeah. So, like one of the things, one of the experiments that I thought about doing uh, in telling the story is going around. I have a DCP print of Don's Plum. Uh-huh. I can show that movie in a movie theater today. Ah, okay. Uh, so I thought about maybe raising some money mm-hmm. and going on a short tour, uh-huh. four or five different cities. Uh-huh. And you know how you get the hand out free tickets to movies. Yeah, so you're not telling, but not fucking telling, audience, telling people what it is. Just ah. be like, it's a movie starring Leonardo DiCaprio. I want yeah. you to come see it. It's 
don't even know what it is. You can't go in there mm-hmm. knowing. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it just plays, 90s yeah, nostalgia, yeah, yeah, yeah. they'll uh-huh. settle in, uh-huh. and then they'll have the experience. Yeah. And nobody gets to fucking tell them. They don't get to look <laughs> it up. They don't get to look it up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. then survey it. Yeah. What do you think of the movie now? Look, this right. happens. This happens. Get an honest impression brother. without. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So freedomsplum.com, right? Freedomsplum.com, yeah. where mm-hmm. you where people can go and request a link to see mm-hmm. the movie, and they can also communicate with me. Yeah, freedomsplum.com. That's right. So let's see if I can get this here. Uh, shit, I can't. I'm going to send you uh, the, the supplement that yeah. you can read. I'm going to send okay. you the email, and then you can read it. Okay? Send me everything, and I'll put. But it's your, like, it was just like an I'll email. Put your links in the show notes too. Great, so great, great. So there's like a, there's like a little. So like so people write me all the time, right? From all over the world, mm-hmm. uh, and it's fun. It's it's like one thing. One big benefit of coming out and talking mm-hmm. is that I created freedomsplum.com, mm-hmm. where people have the opportunity to communicate with me, and I get this. I get I get like love notes all the time. It's yeah, beautiful. Fucking awesome beautiful. from all over the world. I'm from Russia. I'm from Brazil. I'm from it's. <laughs> fucking awesome Amazing. it's pretty great because yeah. you know i've been battling depression uh literally since the day after this thing fell mm-hmm. apart uh so that's uh 1997 that's yeah. a hard it's been a hard long ass. life yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been a hard long life um mostly unenjoyable in that in that respect uh and it wasn't until 2014 that i got to discover at least some some love and feedback mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so i get these like great emails but it's wonderful to to experience even all these years later Mm-hmm. And that's why I like holding these blind opportunities, like because the movie still fucking plays, bro. Mm-hmm. It's 2019. Yeah. I mm-hmm. made this shit in 1995. I yeah. was 25 fucking years old when I rolled <laughs> oh, the cameras on this thing. Yeah. Um, and in 1995, I rolled cameras on this fucking movie, and uh, and in 2019, I get emails from people around the world saying I fucking loved it. See, that is beautiful. Yeah. Right. That is beautiful. Never would have imagined. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did imagine. That's not true. Well, you imagined at the time. At the time, I imagined it was going to be iconic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was going to be indie iconic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the other thing that sucks for me is like, Mm -hmm. okay, so, you know, Harvey Weinstein, right? Evil guy, right? Yeah. Did evil things. Yeah, yeah. We cannot argue about his taste in film. We cannot argue about his impact in American cinema, right? He made some good movies, right? Yeah. Like, by the hundreds. Yeah, yeah. His existence, partially regrettable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Irrefutable. Right. Is his taste uh, in film? Okay. Yeah. 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 Sure. Right. So he offered us a million bucks for the movie. Mm-hmm. We spent yeah. eighty grand making it. He offered us a million bucks, and I, I met him shortly after mm-hmm. his offer, uh, which we refused, by the way. Oh. Uh, and uh, at the Chasing Amy premiere, you know Chasing Amy, yeah, so Kevin Smith. Yeah. 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 It was at the Ch- Chasing Amy premiere, and Harvey. Uh, so we get brought to Harvey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and you know, look, he shakes my hand and he says, uh, "Really, really, really smart ah, filmmaking." Okay. So he he. So so did you refuse the offer because it was it didn't seem like enough or? Yeah, well, he wanted he wanted to give us a million dollars in perpetuity as a straight buyout. Oh, and then and uh, we thought the movie had longevity. We so he would so. continue to make money on it, but you he, would just get a straight. We got just the only the payment. million. Yeah, and we had a lot of debts. Like uh, by the time we got, by the time we got to the sale of the film, we had over a half a million dollars in debt. Mm. So, so now we're oh looking. At, so now we're looking at a half a mil. Yeah. To everybody, I can't. We got function. In you know, we've numbers. got a, we've got. 60 people to deal with yeah. and, and two, three years of work to pay for. Right. Half a million dollars. crew, 60 people? About that. Yeah. 
and then we, you know, all of whom are participants in the back end because that's how we got them to work. Mm. For the we only had eighty grand. Back end means they get paid if the movie does well. They get paid off of the money we are paid. Okay. So uh, out of the the million dollars from Miramax, they would have been paid after after the after the half million that we owed oh, to, to our okay. debts. Then you they, they get a percentage left. of the half yeah, mil. Okay. Okay. This wasn't enough, at least not long term. Mm-hmm. Like we were like cool with it as a down payment. Mm-hmm. On Don's Plum, yeah, but we yeah. were like, "This movie's going to play really well, and it's going to do mm-hmm. good for a few years." Fuck no! Yeah. And so we turned his 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 offer down. Regrettably, in retrospect, but um, uh, I don't know again where the fuck I was going on that. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, well, I do know. Yeah. Okay. You know, this was the difference between Don's Plum now and Don's Plum then. Mm-hmm. Don's Plum then was kind of a revelation. Entirely improvised, black and white, grainy, mm-hmm. against every convention. Mm-hmm. Like we defied all the conventions, mm-hmm. and yet we made a marketable and an yeah. appealing yeah. movie. And that 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 was this. Now, without the Leo and Toby hatred, dubious, all the dubious shit. That when it, when that wasn't there, that part, yeah. yeah, when that wasn't there. Don's Plum was a force. Yeah. So we go to this film festival. It's a leech festival. This is after all the controversy breaks down, right? We had been accepted into Sundance, but they re- they retracted after uh-huh. after the controversy. Oh crap! We okay. got abandoned by everybody. There was a leech festival at Sundance called Slum Dance. If you look it up, it's fucking it's fucking incredible. Leech. It only Slum ever dance. called Slum Dance. It only ever happened once. It happened during Sundance. Uh-huh. Happened at. Uh-huh. In Sun, you know, in Park City, uh-huh. we were the premiere film of it, right? Uh-huh. And it was this. It became. It was amazing. It was. It was legendary at the time. Uh-huh. It, we had these like beanies with happy faces, and that that identified uh-huh. Slum Dance as as okay. a festival. <laughs> you know, Robert Refford came out and spoke against us because we were Leech Festival. It was crazy. Uh-huh. But dude, that like like on opening night or mm-hmm. maybe it was the second night. I'm fucking smoking cigars in a fucking tent mm-hmm. with Jack Black and Tim Robbins watching fucking short movies. Wow. Like we had this like crazy John Waters. It was fucking amazing. Oh, we had this incredible scene, right? <laughs> and Don's Plum work print with time code and all, right? Uh-huh. Is 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 playing at the Sundance Film Festival. This is what it amazing. was like when people didn't no to hate with the movie. Yeah. So this fucking surfer snowboarder dude, right? He sees yeah. the movie uh, at, at one of the several screenings at Slum Dance. And we're all kind of sitting around and we're getting fucking wasted <laughs> playing Operation <laughs> at, the, at the festival. Keep your eyes on that because you don't want to lose the story. Yeah, thank you. Yes. So <laughs> we're fucking, we're wasted, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh no, so we're getting wasted or whatever. So this guy sees the movie. Right, right yeah, yeah. The, the, and it's the end of the festival. Uh-huh. I'm fucking toast. Like, I'm so wasted at this point because we've just been partying and partying and partying. I'm kind of slouched in a chair mm. in, in, a, in the corner of this really, really dope space that we converted into this film festival space. And this fucking surfer dude, he's like, he comes up to me and his head's down and he's mm-hmm. in this sort of submissive almost posture, this really meekish mm-hmm. posture. And I'm mm-hmm. sitting in this chair just kind of half wasted and mm-hmm. going, why the fuck is this, you know, 18 year old hanging over me like a drape right now mm-hmm. and he goes dude his head's still down and his, his hand is cupped and he has it closed he has one hand closed and the closed hand cupped in the other hand in his right hand and his uh-huh. eyes are down his posture is bent and meekish and he says mm-hmm. dude I just dude your movie dude it just 
I loved it and I want you to have this. And he pushed his hand forward and he opened and he revealed this super sticky, dank bud. Oh, no. <laughs> it was this like great nugget. And I'm like one eyed and I'm like, dude, are you giving me your nugget? And he's like, I want you to have my nugget. <laughs> and if I could take this nugget and I smell it and it's beautiful. And I'm like, all right, I'll smoke this nugget right now. <laughs> so we busted out of the pipe. Mm-hmm. And we smoked this pipe. But this guy was just in reverence, you mm-hmm. know, of this movie. And this was, this was, you know, a partial effect of the movie, like mm-hmm. the destiny of this movie. Because mm-hmm. it was a generational <laughs> movie. Like, as much as I believe that Don's Plum still hangs around today, because thematically speaking, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, it, it's going to have a voice probably forever, mm-hmm. because I think one generation is always going to begrudge the next, you know, yeah, or, yeah. or judge the next. Um, but in its time... It was also a deeply effective 1995 yeah. movie. Anyway, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to, yeah, we will have to reconvene and up, but again, yeah, dude. Well, look, if you want to just do part two, because we got, I think of, we did should do part two. Uh, see what you got. Yeah, it'll give you lots to work with to prepare for a part two. Okay, beautiful. And let's work. All right, yeah. Thank you so much, buddy. Enjoyed it. <laughs> Sorry that it didn't. You know, it's okay. I, I, um, I think I needed a reason to go ahead and upgrade my my laptop. Oh my God. Thanks for listening, folks. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and go to my Patreon page and sign up as a patron. Thank you so much. See you next time on Limited Perspective.